Okay, Father, episode 7, we're talking about music. What are we on about? Radio Luxembourg 208. Uh-huh. The Beach Stalkers. Yep. Eglinton Plaza Dance Hall. Uh-huh. Victor Sylvester. Yep. 45s and 78s. Uh-huh. The Ventriloquist on the radio. <laughs> yep. And we won't talk about Purple Hearts. Hey, Sinker, you're a Glasgow Generations in the tranny. Again, once again, it's episode seven of Glasgow Generations. Ooh. Say hello, Feather. The magnificent seven. Have you missed our listeners in the meantime? Yes, indeed, I have. Huh? Fantastic. Well, as we always do, we start off with uh, our tragic emails. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh, email address glasgowgenerations at gmail dot com, uh, and we get an email from uh, a chap. Uh, I'm not sure if you know him. It's a chap called Murdoch McGuire. Oh my god! And it's, uh, it says, "Rarely have I seen someone who looks better in their mid sixties than as a boy." What on earth did your mother see in him? <laughs> well, I suppose they say love is blind. Good thing you can't see any of my earlier photos. I oh. think he's referring to that photo. Ah, oh, right, aye, aye. aye. Well, no, version, but <laughs> good friend of mine, aye. Yeah, currently in the or no, Gran Canaria. No. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, we also got uh, one from a Colette Swan from Malibu, California. Another American. This what do these people do there? up over in the US. It says, Hi guys, just listen to your show, Come On Get Aff. That was the last <laughs> one, yeah. Uh, and you made me smile. Skint, the leather shop that you mentioned, uh, uh-huh. the last time, is owned by my uncle, Ronnie Smith. Oh! There you go. It has moved location, but is still in Union Street. Uh-huh. Uh, I still remember the brown suit he made for Billy Connolly. He wore it on Parkinson. He did, yes. Kind of light brown. Yeah, that's uh-huh. right. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. That's fact, the, I saw that there on night TV. The, the famous uh, appearance of Billy Connolly that started yeah. off, wasn't it? Well, you packed your bike. No. Uh-huh. <laughs> and the... Uh-huh. That's right, yeah. Well, that's <laughs> <awesome>. <laughs> Keep it clean. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she goes on to say, Ronnie was in the 60s group, The Beat Stalkers. Funny you should say that. Exactly. I've got it down here. They actually had a reunion a few years ago at the Barrowlands, uh-huh. the Glasgow Barras. Uh, thanks for all the great memories. Um, and when I emailed her back, she, she emailed me back and said, Your dad has a wonderful, relaxed storytelling style. <laughs> My husband and I are both expat Scots and listen to the podcast whenever we are out driving. Very good. Yeah, I hope it doesn't make you crash. But no. <laughs> the beach stalkers, actually, I've got it in my wee... Well, it, it kind of makes it, it fits in, doesn't it? Because we'd mm-hmm. already planned to start uh, yapping about music. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. where does the beach stalkers come in then? The beach, stalker, the beach stalkers, um, we're probably jumping into the 60s now. Um, Bear in mind, uh, you don't want to slag off Ronnie Smith here. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, that's, that's very funny, because uh-huh. we talked about Skint the last time round, and uh, it was probably him that tried to get my mum mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. to, to move down from Joe Sawyer's upstairs. That's right. But uh, no, the Beach Stalkers um, were a, a well known Glasgow band um, in the sort of middle 60s. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, actually, I, I became more aware of them when I come back, back up from London in 65. Yep. Um, but I'd been up occasionally uh, in between 60 and 65 I'd come up maybe Christmas New Year mm-hmm. and latterly just before I come up in uh, 65 to stay again I was aware of the Beach Stalkers and um, 
I'm sure one of them, one of the band, actually lived in Cran Hill, mm-hmm. um, which was quite near Queensley. Right. Mm-hmm. But uh, the Beach Stalkers were probably the most uh, well-known of the, the Glasgow bands that are around the west of Scotland. Uh-huh. There was also another band called the Poets. Um, what kind of bands were these? Were they blues or... No, they're sort of, kind of a Beatley type uh-huh. sort of thing, you know? Um, it was just sort of in the middle of the Beatle area mm-hmm. type of thing. And they were very good. They played... Um, George Square a couple of times. Oh, right. Um, mm-hmm. I never actually saw them live. Um, but they were in out the papers quite a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, they had a big, big, massive falling, uh, following. Following? Following. That's why they had the Massive following in Glasgow. Uh-huh. Um, the poets were a bit more, kind of like, stones, a bit longer hair, and mm-hmm. all the rest mm-hmm. of it type of thing. But another good band. Mm-hmm. And the other one that springs to mind was uh, Dean Ford and the Gaylords. And the Gay- uh, which is maybe a <laughs> bit <laughs> unfortunate. <laughs> in the 60s, that didn't he? There were no connotations then. Uh-huh. Um, they later became Marmalade. Oh, right, yeah. Which uh-huh. the, the Beatles had signed up on their Apple. Well, Apple label, that was their first signing. And um, that was their first signing uh-huh. Marmalade. Uh-huh. And um, they did quite well for themselves for a, for a spell. Uh-huh, but uh-huh. I, they were quite known in the, the dance halls in Glasgow, Dean yeah. Ford, uh, and the Gaylords. <laughs> so th- that, that was the sort of the 60s era, if you like. I mean, so um, going back in the day, uh-huh. like, uh-huh. when you were growing up, do you remember the kind of music you listened to back in the, obviously the 40s? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, uh, no, no, no. Right, okay. Um, the 40s, oh my God, no. The first probably recollections of music I had was going into the 50s. Um, they did have radios back in the 40s, aye, didn't they? Uh, the old Cat's Whiskers, I think they called them, I think. Cat's but, Whiskers, what do you mean? Aye, that was the radios. They used to, oh, it was a wee fango division. Before real radios were uh-huh. available to everybody, I, I don't know how they worked, but something to do with, they called them Cat's Whiskers, and it was mm-hmm. oh, it's a weird contraption, of how, and they were able to pick up signals. Okay, right. Um, some historian will give you all the details. If you Google it, you'll <laughs> get all the information. But that was prior to transistors and all the rest uh-huh. of it, sort of thing. <laughs> But my recollections of the the music, listening to music in the radio, was um, and the music when I started to enjoy it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was twofold. One was listening to Radio Luxembourg. Mm-hmm. I always remember it was uh, on wavelength two o eight, and I think in those days it was called the light wave. Okay. You, now you get the medium wave and yeah, FM, yeah. and but I'm sure it was a light wave, and it was always on at night, mm-hmm. and it was uh, before you had the, the pirate radio, you know, that radio up. car line down. South, just on on the Thames, off in the, the sea, what have you. Yep. Um, so Radio Luxembourg was the old one. They always used to joke about listening to it under the, the bed covers at night mm-hmm, time. Mm-hmm. Um, and the type of music they started to play when I became aware of music was things like Fats Domino, mm-hmm. um, Louis Armstrong, um, a bit more jazzy, Louis Prima, uh-huh. um, a bit more jazzy. And they were the things that started me off listening to radio. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when I was becoming aware of the rock and roll were a skiffle starting mm-hmm. uh, Lonnie Donegan who came from Bridgeton that's right um, or Brickton as you, as you call it I he was a sort of forerunner if you like uh-huh. of, um, I didn't even know he'd been from Brickton actually oh aye aye Born that the guy Brick- that John Lennon kept going on about yes right? yes yeah. aye a lot of people sort of kind of looked to him as the sort of he was a forerunner of mm-hmm. if you like the the rock music and then, I mean mm-hmm. the rock music really started with, with people like Bill Haley and uh, Jerry Lee Lewis and later on and Bill Haley in the comments mm-hmm. and the Kiss Curl. I can remember actually when I was at school, they had a, a Kiss Curl, they called it. I mean, you might see photographs here. Well, a haircut, Kiss Curl. Ah, yeah, a haircut. Uh-huh. Um, he's quite a kind of portly guy and played a big guitar. And uh-huh. um, I mean, they were the start to rock and roll. Yep. Uh-huh. Used to be a rise in the picture halls and things like that when we were playing type uh-huh. of thing, you know. 
Um, never a great fan of him myself personally, but he started the ball rolling. Did if you, you ever like. get, pick up the hairdo yourself? Oh, no, I, had to, I had to kiss Curl Eye, as yeah, a lot yeah. of the, the guys had. And at that time, I was probably only then about 13, because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think Bill Haley came in about 55, 56, something like that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Presley was coming into it then. Uh, British folk were starting to pick up Tommy Steele yep, uh-huh, um, yeah. people like that um, and then later on Cliff Richard and the Shadows and I can remember getting beaten up at school um, when it was it was at St Mungo's then I was in uh, the big school yep, then uh-huh. uh, the, the senior secondary mm-hmm. and um, there was a school bully if you want to call it that. I always remember his name Joe Bolton and if you listen Joe aye I'll get you one of these days boy uh, he, he was a right toe rag um, but Elvis Presley was coming in at the time and Tommy Steele was there. They were vying, Tommy Steele being British, obviously. Elvis was the, the king of rock and roll. Sure. And at that time, I was, I don't know, pig-headed. I was making a point that Tommy Steele was better than Elvis Presley. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And Joe Bolton was going in the school, more or less, and he picked this up on me, you know, and really, uh-huh. I'm seeing you at four o'clock, you know, <laughs> which was the... He was a big Elvis fan. Aye, oh, Because he tried to force me into saying that Presley was better than Tommy Steele, mm-hmm. and I wasn't having it, so... Fight at four o'clock. You can take it when it comes to music. <laughs> Even back Stick then. to my guns, you know. Um, it gave me a right doing. Uh-huh. There was a wee place just along um, Duke Street from St Kent's, St Kent mm-hmm. Games, mm-hmm. Um, a wee sweetie shop just before you came to the high street. Um, there was a lane down there, uh-huh. and anybody who was involved in a fight after school, you went up this lane and you battered hell out each other. Did they have a name, that lane, or was it just. Oh, I don't know what the lane was, but it was probably about. 20 yards, 30 yards short of the high street. You're going uh-huh. on Duke Street, heading towards the town again. I think I know where you're talking about. The high street yeah, crosses yeah. over. Um, left-hand side was the old British Rail place. It's now lying derelict. Uh-huh, I think they're uh-huh. going to do something with it. But uh, there was a wee sweetie shop um, where all the kids used to go at lunchtime, obviously. Mm-hmm. And up the side, there was a lane there. And uh, anybody looking for a fight at mm-hmm. 4 o'clock, cause school used to finish at 4 in those days, see you at 4 o'clock and you're yeah. up the lane. Right. Elvis Presley's better than Tommy Steele. <laughs> no, he's no. no he's <laughs> bang, bang, bang. Oh, he gave me a right good doing. But uh-huh, I still, uh-huh. still going to have it, you know? Yep. Uh-huh. Um, so that was that. Don't know how we got into that. But um, moving on from there, I mean, um, I started getting more interested in the coloured singers, the blues, mm-hmm, things mm-hmm. like that, you know? And say, Fats Domino had always been in my my head from the way back in the 50s, mm-hmm, the late mm-hmm. 50s type of thing. Um, and you get people coming in then um, that I really liked mm-hmm, um, yeah. and the other white guys sort of generally you lose and people like that type mm-hmm, of thing mm-hmm. you know um, you're, you're talking about the <coughs> Luxembourg Rio Caroline I mean uh, were you literally did you were you one of these people under the covers but why why did you do that just at night time you went, you're going to your bed uh-huh. and um, part of the reason because I mean the radios you had in those days were real I mean I always had, I had a one that was a big bush radio you actually see them in a lot of programmes these days that uh-huh. I think they're kind of retro now yeah, kind uh-huh. of a big bulky looking thing where I can handle over the top uh-huh. bush in the front a big dial but whether the the, the the mechanics of the radios there or the reception they weren't that great but you always seem to get a better reception under the sheets <laughs> I don't know is so it wasn't a, I always thought it was hiding from your parents or something well or maybe that get to your bed yeah. you know it's, it's nine o'clock or what have you and you'd put the radio on and you'd listen to it too uh-huh, uh-huh. and it was the only time you got any decent music because the, the light programme mm-hmm. was the sort of Victor Sylvester dancing and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. really the sort quality of quality stuff yeah. quality stuff the 40 stuff you uh-huh, know uh-huh. and the only uh, programme you could get was Radio Luxembourg at night time it wasn't mm-hmm. one during the day um, where they brought in pop music mm-hmm, type of mm-hmm. thing and oh, this is the only thing the kids were listening to then mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. uh, and then of course you'd go into the cafes 
um, and play the jukeboxes. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever you heard in Radio Luxembourg, you go into the cafes, right? You're having your, your coffee, and mm-hmm. you're sitting there all night with one cup of coffee to about 10 o'clock before the church out. Yep. And you just pumped her shilling into the, the jukebox, mm-hmm. maybe playing the same record over and over again. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And uh, I always remember uh, sort of kind of, I think it really started me in rock and roll was, um, I'd heard it on the radio, and it was um, Buddy Holly, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it was a uh, Mo Boy. Mo Boy? No, yeah. Oh Boy. Oh Boy. Oh Boy. Uh-huh, yeah. um, and then it was That'll Be The Day. Um, and I can remember talking to guys on a Sunday when I met my pals on a Sunday, I said, did you hear that record last night with this guy called Buddy Holly? No, who's he? And <laughs> it just moved on from there. Uh, and it just, the whole snowball thing, I mean, I was really into music, as most of the kids were, because uh, it was something new yeah, for uh, us, because there was nothing else, uh, sort of thing, you know? Uh, it's a little word of mouth. I mean, these days, oh, you know, if you don't know anything about it, you just Google it. That's right. Um, I can remember a pal of mine when I was, again, at the Mungos, and Mungos, um, again, probably about 13, 14, they lived round the corner, from Parson Street, mm-hmm. um, me, Junior Ravy, he's in two or three of the school photographs from yep, the uh-huh, earlier uh-huh. episodes. Um, and I can remember going up at his house at lunchtime with a wee tin of beans, baked beans, mm-hmm. and we'd have a tin of baked beans for our lunch, and we'd, list, we'd take a record, uh-huh. you know, a 45, I mean, it used to be the 78s, the big foot high. Right, vinyl. You're going to have to explain this 45 and 78. Well, a 78 was like probably the size of an, L, an LP. And a lot of people won't know what an LP is these Vinyl, days. Well, vinyl's coming back. Uh-huh. And say the quality <laughs> sounds better than CDs. But it's probably about a foot in diameter. Mm-hmm. With 78 records. Mm-hmm. And that's what you started off with. But going into the 60s, they moved into the 45s. Mm-hmm. 78s, you played at 78 speed. Yep. 45s, you played at 45 RPM. Mm-hmm. Revolutions mm-hmm. per minute. Sure. Um, and uh, the LPs, the long players, you played at 33. Mm-hmm. But for fun, sometimes you'd put a... A 45 record on, which was a Matic's full of them. Yep. You put one on and you maybe pump it up to 78 and speed it up or <laughs> drag it back. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Killing time and having fun and laughs, what have you. Uh-huh. But in the 60s, early 60s, the, the 45s were coming in and the jukeboxes that you got, mm-hmm. which were all imported from the States, obviously, mm-hmm. um, they'd maybe have about 150 records on there. And uh, you've probably seen joke, you know what jukeboxes are like. Yeah. Anyway. Pick A4 or that's Buddy Holly signed that'll be the day, right? Mm-hmm. Put your mm-hmm. tanner in or your mm-hmm. shilling or whatever it costs, and you play it, and somebody else would come in and play the same record again. Do you remember whereabouts you would be doing that? Well, my, f- my favourite haunt before I went to London was the, the Bungalow Cafe, which is Alexander where... Parade. All right. The cafe's still there, it's actually called the Swallow Cafe now. Uh-huh. Um, or not, no, is it a Swallow? Anyway. It's still a cafe there anyway, it used to be called the bungalow. Yeah. And downstairs on the ground floor you could go in and you could buy sweets and bits and pieces. But upstairs was the where all the kids went. Uh-huh. And uh, they had the jukebox up there. And as I said you could up spend that's that's the place you went. Mm-hmm. That's where mm-hmm. everybody could congregate. What kind of age was this? Oh, 14, 15, 16, yeah. so 17. There's no alcohol or anything like that. Oh no, no, no. Coffee. Yeah. Um Coca Cola or things like that type mm-hmm. of thing, you know. Um, I think it was quite Americanised then, or uh, well, I mean, everybody was drinking coffee, a cappuccino, or something like that, and you're drinking um, Coca Cola, mm-hmm. and the old fancy suit again, retro, their bottles are all coming back again, you know, yeah. the uh-huh. big glass bottles, uh-huh. and you'd meet there, and it'd be full of girls, full of boys, and um, eyeing each other up, type of thing, you know, uh-huh. and playing three or four of the same records, and um, I can always remember just even talking, but just remember this now, there or in one night, and the place was jumping. And there's a British guy come in, Joe Brown, mm-hmm. and a brothers, a London guy, okay. Spike, a great guitarist. Uh-huh. Um, and he brought out a record called Picture of You. Uh-huh. 
picture of a you. A picture of you. Uh-huh. Um, you still hear it occasionally on the old 60s stuff. But in the middle of it, there's a wee bit where everybody's sort of kind of... And the whole cafe used to do this. And the chair was just <laughs> jumping and jumping, you know. Uh-huh. Coffee getting spilt everywhere. But it was things like that. Yeah. Um, just... And it was always the same sort of, whatever the, the record at the moment, uh-huh, get uh-huh. played time and time again type of uh-huh, thing, you know. Uh-huh. And now you get folks singing it in the background type of thing. And occasionally uh-huh. you get some guy come in who maybe liked another type of music, knew it, like I said, it was always a, the big following for the Beatles. Yep. Uh-huh. And then you get the hairy knobs who went for the Stones and the things like knobs. that, you know. <laughs> they started to grow their hair a bit longer before uh-huh. the Beatles did the same, you know. Yep. Um, pretty things... And bands like that, with uh-huh. big long hair and that, you know. Uh-huh. And it was always a sort of that, you know, they're the Stones, they're the Beatles, or, you know, whatever happened to the Hollies uh-huh. versus uh-huh. the Pretty Things type uh-huh. of thing, you know. Um, and it was always that wee thing, but I mean, gradually it all came together. And you, you mentioned your, um, obviously, the, the various shows that came on before Radio Luxembourg and all, the, and all that. I mean, how did your dad and your mum think oh, of this new music that was coming through? I mean, you know, you didn't get that. I mean, I mentioned before about, like, parties at the weekend in the big room mm-hmm. sort of thing, you know. Um, but the music you got then was um, was the records. I mean, it was not like nowadays where you had your, your music centre or what mm-hmm, have you. Mm-hmm. If there was any music getting played, people brought in their records. Okay. And in those days, in the 40s, it was the 78s, mm-hmm. the big records. And it was one record, one, it was one song. Yep. Um, so I say, the size of an, a, a long player, an LP. Um, and they'd bring it in, and it was one of the old, um, uh, I can't remember some of the names of the old records. Dan Set. I've got, a, I've actually still got one. Oh, was that the portable one? The portable one, yeah. that was worth playing, well, you mostly played 45s on that. Uh-huh. The one I've got all my old photographs, and the wean back, went back to the 30s and 40s, and my gran, and my great gran, and uh-huh. Uh-huh. That, they were called Dan Sets, portable. Okay. And um, you put them in, you played your 45s. Occasionally, people had what are called gramophones, mm-hmm. and uh, they were all oh, massive big things, about three feet long, mm-hmm. weighed an absolute ton. Yep. And they had a radio in it, but they also had uh, the bit for your playing the records. Uh-huh. And uh, at a party, people would come in with their records in their sleeve, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, here's uh, Louis Armstrong, <laughs> and uh, they'd play whatever it was, or uh-huh. Louis Prima, um, Jazz, Chris Barber. I, I was into. So a late fifties trad, but called trad jazz, trad jazz, traditional, traditional jazz, yeah. as opposed to modern jazz. Yeah, uh-huh. the guy called Dave Brubeck, who was like MJQ Modern Jazz Quartet, uh-huh. and that was a bit too fancy for me. Mm-hmm. Trad jazz was great for dancing to. Yep. Um, There's a couple of places in Glasgow where we all used to go to. I mean, one was known as the, the Maryland Jazz Club. The Mer- Maryland. Maryland jazz. Just off Sucky Street, actually. Uh-huh. When we were out for a meal on Saturday night, me and Mum, uh-huh. we came out the Saninos, the Italian restaurant. Yep coming from Charing Cross uh-huh. and as you're walking into town you get up the hill uh-huh. left hand side where uh, near where the uh, what do you call it oh the big sort of I forget what it's called halfway along anyway mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if you look to your left the hill goes right up over the top into um, I forget the name of the streets but Maryland Jazz Club was up there um, <laughs> brilliant directions well I, I can see in my mind's eye just now um, yeah. just coming along you buy the car, no. Um, you know the big place where the students go to the kind of hostel place just off the Ellen Bank Street uh, on, in Sukhoyal Street. Uh-huh. Um, I, I don't know if the, the kids, are, I mean, it's guys for uni go there type of thing. We, the, the, what, you mean the pub? The well, there's a pub on the ground floor. The Griffin? No, no, no. The Griffin was in um, Ellen Bank Street and right. Sukhoyal Street itself. Oh, right. Bear Tall, the old Bear Tall. The Bear Tall, right. right. It's uh-huh. called something else yeah. now. 
Um, and it used to be like students from the unis used uh-huh. to stay there and uh-huh. currently on the ground floor is a big bar there uh-huh. type of thing. That's right. But a street along from there, if you turn left, mm-hmm. you go right up over the hill, that was where Maryland Jazz Club was. Oh, right. And um, you used to get folk in there and, I mean, the trad jazz was, was that was a big thing then, yeah. in the early 50s, uh-huh. Uh-huh. before the Beatles and all that came in type of thing. Uh-huh. Great to dance to, uh-huh. jiving. I mean, I was a great, I loved jiving. Uh-huh. Taught my sister how to jive and her pal and all the rest of it. Yeah, I've just got painful memories from being <laughs> But, um, aye, aye. Um, but that, that was, a, I mean, these were the dance halls you went to. But, but, you, mean, but your mum and dad's, they, I mean, they didn't rail against the, the new music that was coming in. No, right? no. I mean, um, they, it's hard to remember really what they were into because they never expressed a great deal of interest in music at all. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Other than folk would come in, I mean... Neighbours would come in and they would play records, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it was just his film in the background. Yeah. Um, I mean, like my mum and dad, they didn't go out and buy records as it's such. Just easy listening kind of thing, yeah. Um, if anything, they listened to the radio for. Um, <laughs> God. It's That Man Again. It's Ma, it was called. It was like just after the war. It's Ma. It's Ma, it was called. Uh-huh. It's That Man Again. I think it was called Tommy Hanley, was the guy's name. Comedian. Uh-huh. And they listened to him Sunday. Um, <laughs> I just thought another one. Would you call it Archie? Uh, what's his name? Archie. He was a ventriloquist <laughs> on the radio. <laughs> Archie. Oh, Mum might remember him. Uh-huh. Archie. Oh God. Oh, come back to me. But this this was a, like, an hour long program on a Sunday afternoon, yeah, uh-huh. and it was this doll, a ventriloquist dummy, and people listened to the radio with a ventriloquist. <laughs> You can't. You could hear his lips moving, but you couldn't exactly. see them. He's that guy's brilliant. Arch, yeah. Archie, Archie. Oh, I'll come back. I to presume. Me. I mean, these things were filmed in front of live studio audiences, so uh, presumably so. To I, people I, actually watching it. I but, yeah. need things like Wilfred Pickles, um, and again, you know, the archers uh, and things like the that. archers, uh-huh. all these sort of things. And they listened more to that and we plays. Uh-huh, the uh-huh. archers were on every night, I think, or every week. Yeah. Um, just ran on probably like. Sort of Coronation Street and uh-huh, EastEnders uh-huh. and all that rubbish these days. <laughs> um, and I think they, my mum and dad, and probably more that generation, mm-hmm, listen mm-hmm. to the radio for the, if you like, the comedy programmes and maybe the music's not a Friday night type of thing. Uh, mum, uh, you know, your mum's always been into dancing though. I mean, oh, God, aye, aye. They, they must have still went out there. Aye, right? I mean, I think probably like places like um, the Eglinton Plaza, uh-huh. where I eventually went to as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a massive big dance hall and there was always a big sort of uh, island in the middle mm-hmm. um, everybody used to dance around it yep. um, but in those days it was like music like Victor Sylvester the big bands really? um, and that was the sort of like the 40s music type of thing mm-hmm. um, and if you're back in history and you, you listen to it occasionally you, you see some of these war programmes and uh-huh. you looked at the dance hall and you could virtually not move on the dance floor yeah. because that was if you like their entertainment uh-huh. Um was going round the dancing. My mum and her sisters were really good dancers. Uh-huh. Um, they went sort of kind of three or four nights every weekend. Mm-hmm. They went to the dancing. Um, and I think that's where everybody, probably when we did it as well, my age, mm-hmm. went to the dancing to meet talent, uh-huh. sort of thing, you know? Yep. Um, but the dancing was a big, big thing in the 40s for them after the war type of thing, mm-hmm. you know? And the, it was big, ba- the big band sounds, yeah. um, if you like. Glenn Miller and all that. Glenn Miller yeah. from America, aye, yeah. that type of thing. Here, the big man was Victor Sylvester, uh-huh. uh, Ted Ray and his band. Mm-hmm. Um, can't quite remember. Stretching my memory thinking about back to that type of music. Mm-hmm. It wasn't mm-hmm. my, 
my scene. Yeah. But I mean, everything evolved from that, you know, and things moved on, and you, you did move into the fifties, then uh-huh, into the sixties, uh-huh. and so on type of thing, you know. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm for a cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the dance halls were great. I mean, do you, remember, said, the, do you remember the pirate radio was being shut down? Uh, not so much shut down. I mean, they made them illegal. I mean, you had Radio Caroline in London. I was in London at that time in okay. the early sixties, and these were part where they called pirate ships, just offshore, uh-huh. um, and they got into whatever real level length it was. And um, all the kids listened because that's where you got the music from America. The real music. The real music, uh-huh. and you know, you you were going into shops. Do you stock such and such? You know, mm-hmm. I've heard it in Radio Caroline last night. Oh, I will be getting that. And the records used to get imported into the States. Just because of a, an availability thing, it was just the, there weren't any other There was nothing. There was nothing in, in the music stores. I mean, I mentioned before, like Patterson's and Biggers. Mm-hmm. And what used to happen in the early 60s, again, probably around about the same time as the pirate ships and maybe even before then, if you wanted to buy a record, be it a, a British star or an American star or whatever, mm-hmm. what you went into, and it was usually on a Saturday, you went into the store and say, right, I'd like to hear Tommy Steele singing Little White Bull uh-huh. crappy song but you know and what you would do there was booths mm-hmm. so, soundproof booths maybe four or five or six uh-huh. and you go in and say to the, the guy behind the counter the girl, right, I'd like to hear Tommy Steele or whatever it happened to be and mm-hmm. right, the booth number two and you go in there and you'd your headphones on yep. and you listen to the record and um, sometimes you bought it sometimes you just say right at <laughs> the next shop you know uh-huh. no, I don't fancy it you know have you got um, Gene uh, Vincent singing you know just, uh, just try to make a choice right. here eh? <laughs> and um, that's what you did um, but the, the, the pirate ships I think really moved things on because uh-huh. they brought in music from America and People like Tony Blackburn, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who started on pirate ships, and people mm-hmm. like Pete Murray, well, you probably have never heard of him. Mm-hmm. He later went onto TV with a, the 6 5 special, right. um, which was a, the first, if you like, music program. Uh-huh. That one before that, I can't quite remember, it used to be always on on a Saturday night. But This is before the old grey whistle test and all that. Oh, go die, oh, yeah. go die. 6 5 special was on a Saturday night at 5 past 6. There you go. <laughs> Don, I always remember Don Lang, he played a trombone in the band, and he sang the Six five, six five specials coming down the line. Six five specials, and they brought in bands every week, all live bands, uh-huh, uh-huh. and the kids were on the dance floor. They were all dancing. Mm-hmm. Pete Murray was a DJ, if you like, and mm-hmm. the women, I think Isabel, somebody I can't quite remember her name, and they'd bring in the pop stars, and occasionally you'd get an American star would come over, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it was on from five past six on a Saturday night to seven o'clock, mm-hmm. um, and that was the forerunner, if you like, of the music programs. Later on, you had Oh Boy, which featured all the British stars. Uh-huh. Marty Wilde, Cliff Richard, uh, Tommy Steele, uh, a wee guys I can't remember now, Dickie Pride, mm-hmm. a great wee, great wee guy. Uh-huh. Um, and then it moved on to, if you like, really when I enjoyed my great era, I liked Oh Boy, but Ready Steady Go uh-huh. was into the 60s, and that was on on a Friday night. Mm-hmm. Usually, I think it was half 60, half 7 or 78 in London when I was there. And you watched that before you went out, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, you got the, the British bands then, the Beatles and the Stones and all the up-and-coming bands then, yep, type uh, of thing, you know. Uh-huh. And, you know, that was it. And then, of course, the old grey whistle test came later on, sort of thing, you know. Sure. Uh-huh. But uh, that was that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, pirate radio, I mean, that's, um, obviously, I don't know much about the pirate radios, but uh, I remember... It was made illegal. Yeah, it was made illegal. I, I, I don't know, they weren't paying... I always, I always wonder why it was called pirate radio, but then I, I learned there was pirate ships. actual pirate ships. Well, I mean, <laughs> the pirate ship, it's probably pirate radio in as much uh-huh. as they didn't pay whatever the the, the fees were Aye, for, for broadcasting. broadcasting. Yeah. Um, 
It was a big hoo-ha, but I can't remember too much about but it. Do you remember the change? I mean, the, obviously you mentioned Tony Blackburn there. Uh-huh. He went on to Radio 1. Oh, yeah, he was the first. Uh, when Radio 1 started in 1967, uh-huh. I always remember that. Um, he was the first DJ on, 7 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, Flowers in the Rain, The Move, was the very first record mm-hmm. um, on Radio 1. And that, poof, that just blew everybody out of the, the air. Uh-huh. Um, so you don't remember there being a kind of rail against Radio 1 because this was the, the first kind of no, I think, mainstream rather than pirate? No, I think about the same time. I mean, memory's a bit dim, but... The, the pirate ship thing was sort of kind of dying down and, you know, because of the, the cost factor and everything yeah. else. And some bright spark somewhere, maybe the BBC decided, right, OK, you know, we'll legalise it, if you like, mm-hmm. and we'll, we'll pr- produce this new radio station called yeah. Radio One. Um, as I said, in those days, you had the medium wave, the light wave and the long wave. Mm-hmm. That was the radio stations to pick up. Yep. The light wave was the one for waiting the, the good stuff. Uh-huh. Medium was like sort of the opera and all that sort of nonsense. Mm-hmm. Um but I would imagine probably the BBC in their infinite wisdom decided that they may as well join the show here. Sure. And, you know, some deal was made anyway and they introduced it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Everything from moved on. And then, of course, you got the sort of kind of, the, sort of, kind of, the, the stations where you were able to advertise, what have you. Yep, uh-huh. um, which Radio Luxembourg had done way back. All right. Uh-huh. Um, you know, they used to advertise, I mean, like, oh, was it? Uh, football pools, Littlewoods pools. Canesham, ah, it was you, you know they advertised Lottowoods football pools mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Um, you know t- back to football. Yep. And it was in Canesham, spelled K E Y N S H E M. They always used to say that. I always <laughs> remember it, you know. Um, but they they had advertised advertisements mm-hmm, on Radio mm-hmm. Luxembourg. BBC was taboo, obviously. It was just music uh, all the well. time. Um, but you got the news stations come in and then you know you listen to them now. And, Every second tune is an advert yeah, exactly, type of thing, yeah. you know. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, not like the old days. Eh? Not like the old days, but, but sort of kind of the changeovers. I, I can't quite remember the sort of kind of exact, you know, why's and the wherefores. Uh, uh-huh. Why it changed from pirate radio to the the BBC and everything that moved on from that mm-hmm. sort of thing, you know. Um, but that that was the start of your music sort of education, if you like. It was in the, for me anyway, late fifties when I became involved in music and um, into the sixties and the seventies. I mean. The 80s and 90s and the noughties are absolutely <laughs> rubbish. Well, you know? Exactly. Um, I, just, I just don't get I'm it. I'm sure it doesn't even merit any mention oh, in this show. Oh, <laughs> God, definitely not rap, you know, for want of a better word, I wouldn't say anything else. But no, I mean, I mean everything was retro. Do you remember there was, there was a... a I mean, was there a buzz about music in Glasgow at the time? Oh, God, I, I mean, Early 50s? But, I mean, as I said, I mean, you mentioned earlier on the Beach Stalkers. I mean, mm-hmm. I remember them playing in George Square, and you know the size of George Square. It yeah. was absolutely, you couldn't move in George Squares because uh-huh. you knew the Beach Stalkers were going to play there. Uh-huh. Um, but, I mean, the whole, it was a whole you've got to remember, there's a whole generation getting introduced to music. Uh-huh. But prior to then, it was stuff like Victor Sylvester, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. was a bit staid. Mm-hmm. This was lively, you know, and it was, it was a, just so a generational thing. Uh-huh. You know, kids could uh, acquaint themselves was to that. A rebellious that, uh, idea. Was a rebellious idea, or was it just? Oh, there was a bit of that. A, a, lot of the, a lot of the bands. I mean, you know, as I said earlier on, I mentioned bands like the Pretty Things, and you know, and later on, you had like Sex Pistols and all that. Mm-hmm. That was always a, a rebellious thing, anyway. Uh-huh. You know, um, Sex Pistols were total mince as far as I'm concerned. You know, they could yeah. even play, but they had a a following because mm-hmm. they, you know they just wanted to have their say if you like mm-hmm. um, the 50s the 60s it brought in a new generation of music um, kids could now relate to something that was theirs yeah um, and you know they, you know, like even myself you know these guys are playing guitars can I get 
Dad, can I get a guitar? Mm-hmm. Oh, they're too dear. And eventually you get a guitar, and okay, I didn't move on to, to do anything fantastic about it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but kids who persevered, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. played the music, the keyboards, the drums. Everything was so new, I would imagine. Oh, was, cause, Because there hadn't been... It was a great feeling. It was yeah. a great feeling, you know. I mean, the 60s was absolutely fantastic. I mean, to my mind, it was the best decade of all. Everything happened. I mean, you'd sort of kind of carnaby seat in London, the fashions mm-hmm. were changing, women of fashions were changing type of thing, the men's fashions were changing, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. um, you still see it occasionally on TV and you think, what, I like that style, I remember that style there mm-hmm, type of thing, mm-hmm. and was, everything was new, yeah. everything was generating, you know, new ideas were coming in all the time, um, kids were trying, let's try this, try that, mm-hmm. um, I mean a drug thing came in as well, I mean yeah, I can remember doing clubs up in Soho, mm-hmm. and a guy who worked for me, we were all civil servants, mm-hmm. and we just got to Soho on a Friday night, and a few jars, a few pints, and um, clubs used to go on right through the night. Mm-hmm. And I remember this guy who came from sort of uh, Middlesex, uh, what's in our place? I know this great club here, you know, and it's right open to about four or five in the morning. Can get Purple Hearts, which were poppers. Okay. You know? Not interested at all. I mean, I used to mm-hmm. smoke then, you know? Mm-hmm. And we got into this club, you couldn't see yourself, and it was folk lying about the floor, everywhere type <laughs> thing. Music just getting pumped through your ears. Uh, Not live bands, just music. Yeah. And, uh, Purple hearts were getting thrown about like sweeties, like dolly mixtures. Yeah, yeah. Um, none of my mates took it, except for this nutter. Mm-hmm. He was into yeah, it. And within about an hour, you know, you couldn't pull him off the ceiling. Yeah. Um, that just never, the drug thing never interests me, but it was there all the time in your face. Mm-hmm. And you made a choice, you either did it or you didn't do it. And none of my mates, and there's no interest in whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Try to have a good pint, you know. Um, <laughs> Well, I think before we get on to uh, breaching broadcasting rules, <laughs> right. okay, we'll call it quits here. Uh-huh. I think we'd already kind of um, decided that we knew that we were going to have to cut up the, the music segment right. into at least two or three episodes, right. so um, we'll probably best leave that until the next occasion. You so, probably guess, we're probably just kind of winging it tonight a wee bit. Of just about, just about. Right. We'll be here uh-huh. and there, but that's, that's <laughs> what happens when it comes to music. But, Aye, true, <laughs> true, that's very true. So, um, if that is interested, MD, it's glasgowgenerations at gmail.com. But um, until the next time, see you later. Bye. Oh, Senga, you've missed it again.